For the Don't... love of God, Rick. Well, start. now that we can all hear each other, should we start the show? Yeah, yeah this would be a good it. idea to just press play <laughs> now and not let me touch any of the buttons. <laughs> Welcome to Show Center. I'm air show announcer Matt Jolly, joined as always by air show announcer colleagues Rick Peterson and Rob Ryder. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show because it's been quite well, glad, glad to be. You got back from Sun and Fun and you were cleaning your equipment. I was cleaning uh, my equipment because Sun Fun, for some reason, Florida is now a dust bowl. We'll figure that out. Uh, they had seven they seven days of no rain at all, nothing but sunshine, perfect weather uh, down in Lakeland, Florida. That's almost unheard of in Florida. At some point, you get that hour-long, you know, if it's not a hurricane, it's a bad <laughs> weather system. Oof, oh, they right. dumped it all on Fort Lauderdale a couple of days before and then on Orlando and Lakeland yesterday. Yeah, you were coming Monday. back uh, from Key West, Rob, and it was uh, you and you and Robbie, your son, were uh, dodging yeah. all that weather yesterday. We, well, we had to dodge all that stuff. We delayed our... Uh, did the, we, part of the flight back, we had 48 knots on the nose of the airplane. In your little RV, what is it, an 8 or? A 7A, 7A, yeah. So it's, it doesn't go quite as fast as the 8 because it's a little wider since it's a side-by-side. But um, anyway, we, we had a great time. We finally landed at home with calm winds at uh, 9.06 p.m. We had a great weekend down there That's in wonderful. Key West. But Florida. sun and fun. That, but, you know, by the way, with all the stuff going on with your equipment, I would only quote Jay Rabbit with a uh, with a four letter a- acronym, mm. ESOP, Equipment Superior to Operator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's it. What the guys are talking about is I've been flailing about here in vain trying to start the uh, podcast, which we, were sto- we were, which we were to have started 27 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. We we got a lot of great stuff out I of it. I forgot Rick. to turn the volume switch up uh, yeah. because it turned down during the cleaning of my apparatus after the uh, so-called sun and fun, which lived up to its name this year. So all's good. A lot of changes down there this year, and uh, and with that, of course, they cross their fingers and hope is a core audience and and what that has become over the years. Uh, they decided to shake a few things up, and apparently, it, it's it's all gone rather well. Very few complaints. Lots of uh, Lots of happy uh, customers, lots of happy sponsors, lots of happy people that come out to see the uh, the events. And they had, again, like we're seeing since the uh, pandemic, uh, record crowds again. You know, folks are coming back and then some, which is great, getting outside and having some fun. And came home, nobody got sick. It was all good. All good. Same with Key West, I presume. Oh, yeah. That, that was and- in Texas. Yeah, yeah I, I was down there for a few weeks. But but go ahead. Uh, let's talk about Key West real quick. because Well, Key West was, uh, they have not had a show in a number of years, and they had a bunch of new people. But Emma Harlow uh, held it all together and brought all the, uh, the new folks, including the new commanding officer, uh, Captain Beth Regalo, uh, was was uh, really supportive of the whole event and a great crowd. Good crowd on Saturday. Much bigger, though, on Sunday, which is typically, you know, Mm. you'd think it's going to be the other way around. But Key West is a special place, obviously, uh, with all its tourism, and uh, we enjoyed ourselves very much. We had great weather the whole time. I actually burned my lips a little bit. My lips were swollen a little bit yesterday. Um, <laughs> after after the Sunday show, actually, so but I'm feeling much better now. And uh, and Wayne Boggs was in rare form. We had Greg Kuntz, uh, Bayo was there, 
as I think she has been hanging around with you at Sun and Fun, right, Rick? Yeah, yeah, and they had the F-35B team, the uh, Marines showed up as well, and that was fun. We had them back-to-back -back on the Wednesday and then flipped them around the other way around uh, on the uh, Saturday. So it was, uh, it was interesting uh, to see that, and uh, somehow because of Homestead being in the proximity, uh, they managed, the Sun and Fun uh, managed to get uh, Raz and... Uh, and Cabo to fly over in the F-22s and join in, and they uh, they burned the field up for a while, which is an awful lot of fun, too, and then managed to be able to join the Heritage flight. Uh, so they got on Stewart uh, with the Mustang, the F-35, and the F-22 for the Wednesday, which was superb, just uh, wow. lovely, or Thursday. I can't yeah. remember now. It's been a whole week of Oh, I bet, <laughs> yeah. And, and Key West, we also had Greg Kuntz, and we had uh, uh, Mark Smith in the Aftershock uh, jet-powered uh, fire truck, and we had the Paracommandos. Those guys are the nicest folks in the freaking world. Chris Fucci and the whole team out there. And and the lady, the young lady, an, an Air Force uh, staff sergeant, uh, sang the national anthem. And all three days, Friday practice, Saturday and Sunday, home of the brave, touched down perfectly. I've wow. never Never in my life seen all three days get a perfect thing. So the paracommandos really they, have it wired. Same, same thing. It's sounded fun. It's just amazing. And they they figured this thing with the flag out. Uh, they they carry a smaller uh, banner or flag uh, now um, above them uh, when they jump. All of the teams I understand are doing this, and uh, and they've got around this issue that came from the military uh, in the U.S. about. Uh, well, the flag just shouldn't touch the ground. and uh, That's never been flag protocol for ages, you know, because yeah. it's always said as long as there is an honest effort made to get the flag off the ground, it's okay. You do not have to burn it. Yeah. And they've, and they've managed, though, with this smaller flag now, but still stands out. People still see it, and uh, it's much easier to manage now. I guess it was getting out of control with all these huge, the sports events especially, these huge flags. And then laying them out horizontally across the ground and running them out onto the field and stuff. It's patriotic, and uh, but when it comes to the military protocol, it's a little out of the line. So I think that's where most of the problem came from, and it's been overcome this year. So the jump team's still coming in with the flag and the national anthems, as you just heard, both of our shows. Skip Stewart was another uh, performer at uh, at at. Key West, as was Rob Holland, and Skip has modified his ribbon cut, triple ribbon cut, that it is just phenomenal um, with how he goes under and over and cuts the top ribbons inverted and then and goes into knife edge for ribbon cuts. Rob Holland, the creativity of his flying is just phenomenal, and uh, we also had the F5 Sundowners uh, with the with the that was pretty cool. And then, uh, of course, the Blue Angels were fantastic and uh, did their demo uh, with Fat Albert on the Sunday show. So that was especially cool. Let's get into prop wash real quick. Why don't we? Because I, I, we want to come back to what we're talking about real fast. But we do have a lot of news to cover in prop wash. I know that uh, we had uh, Clint McHenry pass away. But, but now let's turn to the most professional name. Indeed. In all of uh, in all of air shows, we're we're dialing him up apparently, but here it is, uh, Rick Peterson. <laughs> I'm the only one. This is the buttons today. I feel better for that. Thank yeah, you. no problem. Go you right got ahead. The crickets. Where's the crickets button? I, I don't. I don't know where anything is anymore. It's been one of Weather, those days. Weather permitting, 
The Canadian Forces Snowbirds are heading to Comox to finish their training. Uh, the boss, Brett Parker, posted a photo this morning of a bunch of uh, helmets uh, at home base, uh, the, the team helmets, and uh, interspaced with a whole bunch of the ones from Star Wars, uh, life-size helmets, which is pretty cool, and saying that uh, he's wondering if Mando Lid will scare away the Met people and their icing forecast for our transit. Oh, my. This is the unofficial start of their season. Uh, they fly six days a week now at Comox, fine-tuning the show sequence and getting everything ready for the first show in June. So the best of luck to the Snowbirds this year. Looking forward to a great season. And uh, and as far as uh, you mentioned the passing of uh, an icon, really, uh, in our industry, too, when you turn back the hands of time, uh, the Pitts act that he did in the extras. And uh, Matt, I'll let you take it from there. Well, Clinton McHenry uh, passed away. We lost him at the uh, the ripe eight. Was it 96, I think? I don't yeah. have my notes in front of me. but you know, 95 or 96, whatever. What what's, what stands out to me is there, you know, <laughs> we don't hear about that very often uh, in this business. Uh, it's, a, it's a business that tends to burn the candle at both ends. And uh, to make it to the ripe old age that he did, I think it's just wonderful. And uh, yeah, an icon in aerobatics. Uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal performer, and uh, really the, you know, the shoulders that we stand on in this business uh, of these giants uh, who came before us and really paved not only the way for uh, for aerial entertainment but just for aviation in general uh, cannot be understated. And I love it. Uh, we we need to make this more neutral. But uh, the saying goes, uh, when an old man dies, a library burns. And uh, I guarantee you, when Clint McHenry passed away, uh, that was indeed true. So, yeah. what a, what and, an icon! A very short period to a pro golfer, and opted for aviation over golfing at the end, which is uh, the right way to do it. That's the right way to put it. Oh priority. yeah, makes you wonder what Arnold Palmer would have done. You know, there was another guy that just yeah. loved it. I mean, but anyhow, yeah. yeah. I try to remember who was. Um, was it Jim Pites who was Arnold's pilot for a while? No, it was Lee, Lee Lauderback. Yeah, Lee, Lee, that's right. Lee. Yeah. 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 There's, there's probably stories there. <laughs> well, there. There are quite a few. We, we ought to have him on at some point to talk about that. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. His, his Mustang, Stallion 51 folks and everything were, as usual, at Sun and Fun, front and center. And uh, it's always good to hear and see those. I mean, the aircraft are so beautifully maintained there. And so respectfully flown. So uh, that was very nice, too. And a prop watch, you know, uh, prop watch, the big news is that the, the air shows continue to roll along and uh, draw these uh, huge crowds. And uh, I'm going to keep an eye on things as far as the Sunday attendance goes, because I think you guys back me up on this. When I started out in this business, Sunday was always your biggest day. And then it sort of shifted in the last 10 years to where Saturday was the big day and Sunday not so much. And uh, I'm starting to see a bit of that, too, and I'll just watch it this year to see if uh, Sunday is turning out now to be the bigger day. Well, as I mentioned, that was certainly the case at, at, at uh, Key West, Naval Air Station Key West, this uh, past Sunday. Yeah, really, really a big, much larger crowd on Sunday. Yeah, typically yeah. A, a later arrival crowd, but, uh, but it can. It can be really big. And I think that goes to the marketing efforts, too, that a lot of folks have been making over the years. It's much like wrestling. Uh, you know what I'm talking about here, Rick. You promote it the day before. Everybody yeah. goes home. They say, oh, my goodness, you've got to go back out. Hey, they're doing it again tomorrow. Why don't you come with us? And it just snowballs from there. So that's uh, that's wonderful news. That means people are still excited about going to these things. 
I'll yeah. keep my eye out for Beaufort this coming weekend down in yeah. South Carolina. Yeah, and in March, Air Force Base, uh, just outside of Los Angeles, this weekend, I'll be there. And they it's been five years since they've done that show. And we found that the shows have come back. A lot of the military bases that have been away for years uh, come back big um, because people miss it in those communities. And those, those air shows that go every second year, there's something to that, uh, that people are left hungry for more. And they come back. It's hard. To, it's hard to get your base of volunteers back, and uh, you know, on an every two-year cycle, is not the easiest job to keep your your groups together and whatnot. But well, not uh, only that, but I mean, why? It seems to me so obvious that uh, recruiting numbers are where they're at. Uh, we've been it's basically three years uh, in this COVID cycle, uh, and when you when you compound that with an every other year cycle going into that. Uh, that these recruiting numbers are so low. I mean, I, for, especially for the Air Force, where they're now having to, you know, slash the the, the standards uh, because the the aperture on that on that pipeline is is too narrow. I mean, we're seeing all kinds of stuff that, and it to me, it just it when you don't have something to show the American public, you know, what you do in living color. I mean, you can put out videos and you can put out, you know pamphlets and everything else but when you don't have a way to show them physically what you do what's behind the fence what's behind the gate uh it it just seems so obvious to me uh that you have to do it more often and and invite the people in behind the fence and let them see what's going on over there we all have stories many of them of performers who are currently in the air force who who started out and got inspired because of they because they attended an air show, time after time after time that shows up like that. Right, and I think I think sure it's there. There are not hordes and masses signing up after the Thunderbirds land, but this is a long burn, and it's something that that you have to get in early with, as we've said time and time again. Most of these people who are recruited in that instance saw the event at a very, very early age, and that became the benchmark. So I don't think it's something, it's it's much like radio advertising or media advertising. It's not something you can just turn on and say, hey, you know, here you go. There's a story that I know about uh, a golden knight, David Echeverry, who, when he was 14 years of age, caught one of the streamers that they dropped you know when they do their streamer drop if they come into the crowd they can keep them he got that streamer he said i am going to be a golden knight one day he became a golden knight and then he moved on he's flying black hawk helicopters now for the army yeah isn't it interesting to see the guys that go around come back in again and uh, end up being pilots too we've seen we've seen a lot of them oh my gosh yeah thunderbirds who yep Right. Yeah, Tyler Davies was prior enlisted, and then he went, came back and went through officer and became Blue Angel. I got to work with Tyler this uh, at Sun and Fun. We had the opportunity on, uh, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. It's all blurry to me now because, again, it's every day for a week of air shows. And uh, when they come in to do the circles and, you know, do their initial workups when they come into a show site, we got to, with the, the new uh, 7 and 8, uh, I got to, and Tyler joined us as well, still has a great, uh, you know, connection to the team. And we got to explain what was going on, uh, the paradox, how they, how they, you know, line the, uh, the sites up, how they fly in with the boss and twos, singles first, twos, and then and do all of these uh, flyovers to get their lines right. 
at a slower speed. The photographers loved it, but it's, it was a rare opportunity for air show fans, uh, ticket holders, to be able to see and then hear it described by a guy in Tyler's case who was, you know, uh, uh, as it goes backwards, eight, seven, six, yeah. six, five. Wait a minute, seven, seven, six, six five. And, and did the whole 765 things so that the, uh, the new guys could see what's coming up, you know, in their future. And uh, it was really a good discussion just to let these, these guys go. I was just there to sort of provoke it and add the odd question to them. And uh, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And uh, I think the audience really appreciated that, too. Although it was very slow, there's no music done. You know, it's just, uh, just the jets coming in every now and then and doing these flyovers that could be boring without anyone telling you what's going on. But once you understood why it's done and the safety uh, aspects of it all, uh, it became a, a real show, even though it took two hours. I think it was over two and a half hours of them just flying around. But it was just so informative. And you really got to know the guys on the team. I got to do that at Sun and Fun once upon a time as well, which and and I think it's I think it's inside baseball. The feedback that I'm sure you got on that, Rick, was from from people just walking around saying we loved hearing that. Yeah, they didn't they didn't know the story and, and understand all the uh, the angles, and the way they line the things up is just uh, it's just remarkable. The I guess what I'm trying to say is so much goes into this from the safety aspect, the showmanship aspect uh, that it's. Uh, it's it's really really something. I hope they touch on that in this new documentary that's been done of the blues, uh, and as that comes out, that should be coming out anytime now this year, uh, that we get a chance to see and understand that too. And then you also understand and see how much time away uh, these folks spend from their families, how all the military do for that matter. But still, uh, you get to see the time and effort that goes into a, Bl a Blue Angels show or any of the Jet Team shows because they they work closer together. And the Thunderbirds have worked very close with the, uh, and that's another thing we could bring up in Prop Wash too, is the Thunderbirds and Blue Angels working together has now changed that diamond formation that comes in uh, with the uh, uh, with the Thunderbirds is now tighter, uh, in closer, much like uh, the one that we see with the Blue Angels. And uh, I've noticed also the stack when they come in in the echelon, it's uh, much tighter now as well. So I guess they've closed the separation. And as much as you can, they're not the same Jets. F-16 versus, uh, you know, the Super Hornet. But it's um, it's uh, it's nice to see this camaraderie, this pulling together, and on the safety aspects, they're sharing all sorts of information as well between the two teams. Excellent stuff. Yeah, and and then another change that, uh, that the Blue Angels uh, – movement of 765 typically uh it's been uh typically with the thunderbirds eight has been uh, two years as the narrator well now eight uh will move to um uh the narrator will move into the diamond or another position or uh, rather than a solo i think they're going to move them into the diamond like they did with jake and pelizzari last year to this year going from eight to three so, uh, but Brian, uh, Brian Vaught, number eight for the Blues, and Tom Zimmerman, number seven for the Blues. Uh, they are a great team. Uh, I loved watching them work this past weekend. I want to bring up, I wanted to bring up Australia after, after you, Rick. I yeah, talk just, about uh, just a quick shout out to working with Brittany, um, who is, uh, you know, one of our new uh, air show announcers and does a terrific job, uh, who shared the microphone with me at Sun and Fun, did a great job, and Steph as well. Uh, Steph, who was, uh, bringing in all of that content that she helps with. And, uh, and now that they've got these students set up at Sun and Fun, did an outstanding job as well. And it was just fun 
to work with them. And I have to say, speaking of women in aviation, both Steph and Brittany are learning to fly right now, and they're going to finish it off. You just know because they're just so damn determined, and I love that about them. Uh, but um, Bayo and Stalin were hits at Sun and Fun as well with the 99s, <laughs> women in aviation. They, pe- folks were lined up to talk to them about, uh, you know, what they do and, and fly in the jets. So that was outstanding. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, no, no. I think it's, I think it's wonderful that we get, I, we want to get all of that in. Uh, but no, th- something that was unique to me. And I, and I think it's, uh, I think it's just indicative of, of how this industry is going. Uh, Rick, I know you're involved uh, with this in, in some capacity as well, uh, but code four has decided to, uh, to do this new show in Australia. It'll be the first time that, that a show has two locations. So Pacific air show, Huntington Beach, and then also uh, Gold Coast, Australia. You know, the, the issue is is getting the U.S. assets down there. And so Code 4, in the fashion that they have been operating in since they've been into the business, uh, has just decided to go ahead and station airplanes down there permanently uh, for the full five-year contract. So there's a T-33 uh, that is now owned and operated wow. by Code 4. Uh, and there are several other airplanes that will be yep. down there um, that I think are really going to hit the industry uh, and, and take them by surprise when they do go down there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, big news coming out of Code 4 and, and the teams that are coming down there uh, internationally are just it's just a it's going to be a remarkable, remarkable event. And I, I think it's good for the entire industry uh, if this goes the way it's it's going to go, because. You know, we're finally able to sort of get over that wall, get over that hump, uh, if you will, and uh, and broaden our our aperture even more from uh, from a North American standpoint. Uh, the military assets that are available down there too are are plentiful. Uh, it, it's all the coordination of the schedules. So the PAC uh, team, the Pacific uh, F-16 demonstration team. Uh, you know, Iwakuni just went this past weekend. Unfortunately. After being away for about four years, and Rob and I have both been over to Iwakuni, uh, and you just love the people and the, the the whole connection they have there, the Marines to the uh, to the local community. But Friendship Day is something very very special, and they got rained on like you read about <laughs> this weekend, but they still managed to get big crowds and they still managed to get a lot of stuff in. It's just too bad the weather didn't cooperate for them. But you see those Pacific assets there. Uh, the Japanese, the Koreans, and, and others that have jet teams as well, the Blue Impulse and the Black Diamonds, and the, it just goes on. And uh, all of that's available to the uh, to the folks in the, the Australia area as well. And uh, I think Gold Coast is going to be very, very exciting. When all is said and done and he gets it all nailed down, I think it's really going to be something, and it's going to change like it has uh, the landscape of our industry uh, into where it's coming up and where it has to in markets like Los Angeles and on the Gold Coast. You can't go in there and not have a sort of Formula One hospitality set up because right. that's the expectation in those markets. Well, but more so than that, I think it's an export uh, that, that in, in North America we need. Nobody, nobody does an aerial event uh, like we do here in North America. Now, they, they have great attributes over there, uh, as you've often touched on Rick and Rob, uh, when it comes to hospitality, but I, I have to say, Code Four, uh, in my opinion, does an excellent, excellent job on that. Over and above anything that uh, that a lot of folks do here in the U.S. and and for that matter abroad, but it's a different brand. It's a different style uh, that we're finally able to export. Much hopefully like rock and roll, 
and just kind of light a fire uh, in the spirits of these people around the world. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be just a great, great opportunity to go down there and, uh, and do that and introduce these folks to some of these, you know, truly uh, spectacular aviators and, and machines. There is so much going on with paying attention to the spectator uh, experience, the customer experience, and making it better. And I think, I think actually, COVID helped form that or helped reshape that a little bit, uh, because Kevin Walsh with Thunder Over Michigan this year is going to have uh, uh, two days, but four shows, two shows a day, different shows, and that's going to move different people in and out, and that's something that is. Uh, that he found after doing a drive-in format and and allowing uh, an exchange of vehicles, and some people bought tickets for both shows. But making it better for the the spectator is what uh, is what has made a big deal. Like uh, like the Savannah Bananas, right? Rick? Yeah, yeah. Love the Savannah Bananas. I have to say before we go too, because uh, when next we speak to you, uh, the the USA Today top ten. Which uh oh, here we go again. USA Today, don't get me started on this. <laughs> we'll be out, and 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 someone will have boasting rights to be on the top of that list, and I I congratulate them. Uh, but I also, for the people who are not on that list, and those who didn't get involved in it, or somehow didn't get selected to be on the final ten from the twenty-five that submitted, please understand that we 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 feel your pain. We know that it's it's a supplement to USA Today. It's all paid for. It's all about getting clicks. And uh, and if you want to get in on that, good on you. That's great. I'm glad you did. But uh, eyes open on the prize, yeah. too. It doesn't mean that you're by any means not the best air show in your community if you're not on that list. Uh, I know how the list was made. I know and I got upset with the people behind all of that when through COVID they decided to do it anyway, which was just dumb to me. And uh, and part we parted ways, but uh, I know it continues on. So we'll have news of that, I'm sure, to share on our next podcast. You know, it's a USA shame. Is, they still in, is USA Today still in business? <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's a shame <laughs> that, that there's not some other reputable uh, air show, you know, news publication that could have a top 10 list, a, a real, honest to God, top 10 list. Yeah, I'm. I've, I hesitate on it because I, we know how different each market is, and and then what do you do with the every, every two year shows? You know, the ones that don't go every every year. Well, if it's and for it that just, year, you know, I mean, what are you going to do, right? And I I regret getting involved with it from the day one because it's shortly after you get in there thinking, all right, this could be good for the. But you start realizing I'm going to end up pissing more people off. <laughs> 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 there you go. You know, you were talking about uh, you were talking about Kevin Walsh earlier, and I, I just want to say something real fast about this. Kevin is one of these guys that has been a, a big proponent uh, over the last few years, just hearing him speak about realizing that his venue, because, you know, he's always there, right, at the same venue there in Ypsilanti, Michigan, tied with, uh, you know, the Yankee Air Museum. He really has realized that, it, that it's much like running a theater, a community theater. Uh, more shows... Not necessarily all colossal and and massive. More shows gets, for the lack of a better term, butts in seats, right? I mean, so it's that's an interesting concept that you bring up, Rob, because he he really has. He's gone to more uh, sort of a, a boutique, if you will, a boutique air show. Higher prices, less seats. Yep. Yeah, right. And he does. He pays attention to 
the show business adage, which has never been proven wrong. Four words, leave them wanting more. And so I have seen so many shows thinking if we put another act in the air, it's going to bring more people in. But what it ends up doing is making people tired. So they sometimes leave before either the Thunderbirds or the Snowbirds or the Blue Angels fly. Yeah. And it's, it's great. It's great in the world of Warbirds. And it's great in the, where you can bring those in. And, uh, and that's fine because they're not recruiting where they need big numbers, uh, where they don't want to show up if you don't right. have two. 50,000 people there for the weekend because right. you have to reach people. So if you get the, uh, not so much the demonstrators, but you get the flybys from the military and you get the warbirds to keep it, uh, you get the historical and the current, uh, but you know, sometimes going smaller like that goes against the recruitment principles of the bigger teams that want to be there, but it's still a good way to do things. And again, it's the fan goes home having had some hands-on, having experienced aviation for the weekend they paid a little bit more. They've got more room to play, and it seems to be working for him so well. And uh, and and, yeah. and London, Ontario, up here as well with their drive-in format, and they're sticking to it. If we invited a panel of four or five mothers and fathers uh, with four or more children apiece who oh. walked two miles oh. into every show and set out in the open sun uh, to see our events, if we said to them at ICAST every year, we'd like to pay for you to come and then tell us everything you hated and everything you loved, our industry would be way different, wouldn't it? Oh, it I would. Mean, it really would if, be. If people would pay attention to it. Yeah. The difference is in, the, in, in other forms of entertainment, there are governing bodies that govern, and we don't have really we have a we have a trade association but there is no governing body and so everybody who does an air show can do it their way my way or highway whether it's whether it's good showbiz or not and just to end on a positive note we have people who are willing to do that at every event just to see the things as wayne boggs says because they're just amazed they fly right so there you We're go amazed the damn things fly anyway that's what he said all right guys been fun uh, you can follow along. You can subscribe to the podcast. It's available wherever you download your podcast. It's called Show Center, the Air Show podcast. Rick and Rob, it's been fun hanging out with you guys. If it was, if there was Have a great a day, guys. Top 10 list, uh, USA Today, we'd be number We'd be what? Number one. You're breaking up, Rick. Number one. He did say we'd be number one. We'd be number, number one. one. Okay. We'd be number one. You're, 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 Numero breaking, you're breaking up again. Fun. Oh, my goodness. All right. So long, everybody. <laughs>